if these stones could talk, we might sit around a fire and drink tea, and they'd tell us stories about four decades and thousands of people who worshipped in this space. Sacred space tells its own story, and these walls hold 40 years of heart-soaring singing, sincere prayers, bold sermons, nourishing sacraments, wholehearted laughter, vigorous conversations, and the tears of all the heartbreak. If these stones could talk, they might tell us some comical stories too, such as the pews that you are sitting in right now. In in 1884, these were positioned over the DuPont gunpowder storage plant that exploded. And that was before the Park Hill neighborhood had been platted for a neighborhood, but when it was, it grew quickly into one of the most desirable areas to live in Denver. And in 1902, an earnest group of 31 Presbyterians established a church. And that tiny congregation met in an unfurnished building. And then they met in the home of a member on Forest and 23rd. And then they got a deal with a piece of property. And so they bought this parcel of real estate from the DuPont company. They had to clean up the site themselves. They they filled the hole, built a wooden floor, put up a canvas tabernacle tent, and they dedicated Montview Boulevard Presbyterian Church on this corner as their permanent worship site. What vision and courage. In 1903, the growing congregation bought and relocated a schoolhouse to this site, and it served as their worship space until 1910 when they built the chapel that we now call the Heritage Center and the library. But while the congregation was building that chapel, they had their eyes set and their hearts committed to having an auditorium at some point, they called it. And so in 1918, we dedicated this space. Montview Church has been here for 120 years, and its buildings, our buildings have gone through multiple iterations and modifications. But all the while, the saints have remained dedicated to the call of God, doing good work, doing mission in the world. Now consider for a moment what Montview faced during those 40 years. As of March 1918, World War II had just ended, so just in November. The influenza pandemic had just started in February, and it lasted for about two years. They probably watched as the roaring 20s were upon them. They saw the Ku Klux Klan membership grow in Denver. 
In 1929, the Great Depression came, and that evolved into World War II in 1939, and into which the U.S. entered, of course, in 41. And after the war, the congregation grew to nearly 4,000 members. Lots and lots of babies were baptized, and they needed more space. So they decided to build a new sanctuary that was dedicated in 1958. We still refer to it as the new sanctuary. But in about 2017, the decision was made, and rightly made, to restore this beautiful space, to restore the beauty of the ceiling and the walls and the floors and this chancel. It had been used for years for theater performances, but it hasn't been a worship space for a long time. So why is sacred space so important to us? Sacred space, whether it's a mosque or synagogue or temple or Zen garden or a cathedral, helps us to remember who we are. Sacred space gives us a story. It gives us an identity. And when we enter sacred space, we hear the language of our elders. When we sing praises to God, we hear the language of the hymns, and it shapes, the language shapes our beliefs, our understanding of God. When we return to these sanctuaries, we find safety from the storms of a conflicted and contested world. We come to be with others, to be the church gathered. And if we make a habit of coming, I promise you, you see transformation in your lives, bit by bit, by opening yourself to God. We come putting ourselves into a fountain of divine grace. You know, every spiritual object here has a purpose. It represents something of the holy. And in the Christian tradition, these objects give us an identity. We humans are made to connect the spiritual with the material. In Jesus, in the incarnation, we see it in the most profound sense. The spirit became matter, became flesh. We humans are visual, tactile, responsive to touch and smell and sound. Unfortunately, we Presbyterians are very head-oriented. We experience faith in these intellectual enterprises, which are great. But we miss out on embodiment and an experiential faith in our hearts. In Ian's last sermon, he described his 12-ton stone hermitage that he built in his backyard. And as he was building that hermitage, he was building a hermitage inside of himself. We humans are wired to take common elements and common objects and space, and infuse them with a set, a, a set apartness, a sacredness 
that points us to God. A couple of weeks ago, I said in my sermon that this building is not the church. And that if this building fell down, we'd still be the church, which is true. And yet... I also believe that it wouldn't take us very long at all before we'd start collecting objects and vessels and artifacts and fixtures to infuse them with sacredness because they become for us signs and symbols of the holy mystery of God. Now, raise your hands. How many of you have at least one pebble, rock, shell sitting on a bookshelf at home that you brought home from a vacation or a retreat, right? Many collections, right? You brought them home because you wanted to mark or to remember a powerful experience And by doing so, you infused that object with power and connection to that event or to to that person or to that place. Prayer beads and rosaries, pictures, icons, utensils, clothing, food, they all function in that way. They have served for thousands of years as human portals to seek and understand divine mystery. This stained glass window watching over the community tells a story of the living Christ through beauty, through art, through image. This stunning jewel of this sacred space shapes our community. Our church historian, Bob Matchett, told me yesterday that in 1918, at the time of the dedication... A stipulation by the architect had prevented the installation of a stained glass window in that location. So you can see on the cover of your bulletin, the 1918 photo, that the window panes were clear or they were a pale yellow. It wasn't until after the death of the architect... 34 years later that the stipulation expired and the stained glass window was installed in 1952. Space has to be responsive and fluid to the changing needs and desires of the community. Now here's a teaching moment. This chancel holds material objects that tell the story of our tradition. And each time the saints gather together, these objects are present. And by their presence, they signify the presence of Christ. So the table and chalice, font and water, pulpit and Bible, cross and candle, each of these reminds us of the identity in Christ, our identity in Christ and then gives us a mission to the world. The choir also has a really important place in worship. I'm not used to having them right here behind us. So don't get me wrong. You two are very important and portals to God. But first, we'll always see a table, a table of sorts in a Christian worship setting. 
And upon the table, at least once a month as Presbyterians, you'll find a plate and a cup with bread and wine. When I was in college, I remember getting in an argument with a guy about um, his theological conviction that milk and Oreo cookies adequately represented the body and blood of Christ. And, oh, come on. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned, but... But upon the table, we celebrate the Lord's Supper, with, which in Greek is Eucharista, which means thanksgiving. This sacramental thanksgiving meal is a visible sign of the invisible grace of God, and this table is offered to all people, whether insider or outsider, member or stranger. It is a way that we welcome all. And in fact, a house of prayer for all people has been the commitment this church has made in all of its time. If you look at the bulletin, a house of prayer is written on the cover of the 1919 bulletin. That has been a mission and conviction and identity for Montview Church. So on the outside of the doorway into the new 1958 sanctuary, they engraved a house of prayer for all people because it continues to shape our identity and our sense of call. Now, second, there will always be a baptismal font, or it should be visible in worship. In the font, there is water for the sacrament, and the water serves to remind us that we are baptized and adopted people of God. And like the Lord's Supper, the waters of baptism become a visible sign of an inv invisible grace. And then we should always, third, we should always see a Bible and a pulpit of some sort. As Protestant Reformed Christians, we set our hearts on the centrality of Scripture and we seek to preach with integrity in order that the word of God may go into the hearts of the people and the action of the Holy Spirit transforms us. Now you've noticed that we handle the Bible with reverence and we process into the sanctuary on Sunday mornings in the new sanctuary with the Bible to show that it is central in worship. Now, fourth, there's the cross, and it is a visible sign of memory of Christ's suffering and death and resurrection. And finally, the candle, the paschal candle, the fire of the Holy Spirit and the light of Christ are with us in our midst. And Mavu Church has sought to be a space not only where beautiful worship takes place, but out of which acts of justice and compassion flow down. So if these walls could talk, they could tell us about the numerous arguments and civic discourse and ideas that had to be made that transformed society. From its beginning, the stories of faith and resiliency that these walls could tell us would move us 
to tears. And our call is to keep listening to the stories of our ancestors because they shape us and they inspire us to keep moving in the ways of God. I want to end with the blessing that was given on the day of the dedication of this stained glass window in 1952 because these words reveal their own story. This memorial window for the chancel was given to Montview Church by Mr. and Mrs. J.J. Hall in memory of their daughter Dorothy and son Richard. It is rich in meaning as well as beautiful in design and coloring. We hope the worship experience for all will be enriched. As the light falls through this beautiful window, may the light, may the spirit of the living Christ be made more real to you. Indeed, as the light falls through this beautiful window, for the generations to come, May the spirit of the living Christ be made real to us all. So be it. Amen.